Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible. New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Good day to you all and welcome to June 11th. My name is Bill and this is day 162 of our journey through the Word this year. Today we're going to continue in that wonderful adult book of Song of Songs or Song of Solomon and read chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8. And then we're going to jump over to and finish off today's reading with Philippians chapter 1. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Song of Songs, Chapter 5 The young man says, I have entered my garden, my treasure, my bride. I gather myrrh with my spices and eat honeycomb with my honey. I drink wine with my milk. The young women of Jerusalem say, O lover and beloved, eat and drink. Yes, drink deeply of your love. The young woman says, I slept, but my heart was awake. When I heard my lover knocking and calling, open to me, my treasure, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. But I responded, I have taken off my robe, should I get dressed again? I have washed my feet, should I get them soiled? My lover tried to unlatch the door, and my heart thrilled within me. I jumped up to open the door for my love, and my hands dripped with perfume. My fingers dripped with lovely mirror as I pulled back the bolt. I opened to my lover, but he was gone. My heart sank. I searched for him, but could not find him anywhere. I called to him, but there was no reply. The night watchmen found me as they made their rounds. They beat and bruised me and stripped off my veil, those watchmen on the walls. Make this promise, O women of Jerusalem. If you find my lover, tell him I am weak with love. The young women of Jerusalem say, Why is your lover better than all others, O woman of rare beauty? What makes your lover so special that we must promise this? The young woman says, My lover is dark and dazzling, better than ten thousand others. His head is finest gold, his wavy, wavy hair is black as a raven, his eyes sparkle like doves beside springs of water. They are set like jewels washed in milk, his cheeks are like gardens of spices giving off fragrance, his lips are like lilies perfumed with mirror, his arms are like rounded bars of gold set with beryl. His body is like bright ivory, glowing with lapis lazuli. His legs are like marble pillars set in sockets of finest gold. His posture is stately, like the noble cedars of Lebanon. His mouth is sweetness itself. He is desirable in every way. Such, O women of Jerusalem, is my lover, my friend. Song of Songs, Chapter 6 the young women of Jerusalem say, Where has your lover gone, O woman of rare beauty? Which way did he turn so we can help you find him? The young woman says, My lover has gone down to his garden, to his spice beds, to browse in the gardens and gather the lilies. I am my lover's and my lover is mine. He browses among the lilies. 
The young man says, You are beautiful, my darling, like the lovely city of Tirzah. Yes, as beautiful as Jerusalem, as majestic as an army with billowing banners. Turn your eyes away, for they overpower me. Your hair falls in waves like a flock of goats winding down the slopes of Gilead. Your teeth are as white as sheep that are freshly washed. Your smile is flawless, each tooth with its matching twin. Your cheeks are like rosy pomegranates behind your veil. Even among sixty queens and eighty concubines and countless young women, I would still choose my dove, my perfect one, the favorite of her mother, dearly loved by the one who bore her. The young women see her and praise her. Even queens and royal concubines sing her praises. Who is this arising like the dawn, as fair as the moon, as bright as the sun, as majestic as an army with billowing banners? The young woman says, I went down to the grove of walnut trees and out to the valley to see the new spring growth, to see whether the grapevines had budded or the pomegranates were in bloom. Before I realized it, my strong desires had taken me to the chariot of a noble man. The young women of Jerusalem say, Return, return to us, O maid of Shulam. Come back, come back, that we may see you again. The young man says, Why do you stare at this young woman of Shulam as she moves so gracefully between two lines of dancers? Song of Songs, Chapter 7 How beautiful are your sandaled feet, O queenly maiden! Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a skilled craftsman. Your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like the sparkling pools in Heshbon by the gate of Bath-Rabim. Your nose is as fine as the Tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. Your head is as majestic as Mount Carmel, and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. The king is held captive by its tresses. Oh, how beautiful you are! How pleasing, my love! How full of delights! You are slender like a palm tree, and your breasts are like its clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit. May your breasts be like grape clusters, and the fragrance of your breath like apples. May your kisses be as exciting as the best wine. The young woman says, Yes, wine that goes down smoothly for my lover, flowing gently over lips and teeth. I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. Come, my love, let us go out to the fields and spend the night among the wild flowers. Let us get up early and go to the vineyards to see if the grapevines have budded, if the blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates have bloomed. There I will give you my love. There the mandrake gives off their fragrance, and the finest fruits are at our door. New delights as well as old, which I have saved for you, my lover. Song of Songs, Chapter 8 The young woman says, Oh, I wish you were my brother who nursed at my mother's breasts. Then I could kiss you no matter who was watching, and no one would criticize me. I would bring you to my childhood home, and there you would teach me. I would give you spiced wine to drink, my sweet pomegranate wine. Your left arm would be under my head, and your right arm would embrace me. Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. The young women of Jerusalem say, Who is this sweeping in from the desert, leaning on her lover? 
The young woman says, I aroused you under the apple tree where your mother gave you birth, where in great pain she delivered you. Place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm. For love is as strong as death, its jealousy as enduring as the grave. Love flashes like fire, the brightest kind of flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can rivers drown it. If a man tried to buy love with all his wealth, his offer would be utterly scorned. The young woman's brothers say, We have a little sister, too young to have breasts. What will we do for our sister if someone asks to marry her? If she is a virgin, like a wall, we will protect her with a silver tower. But if she is promiscuous, like a swinging door, we will block her door with a cedar bar. The young woman says, I was a virgin, like a wall. Now my breasts are like towers. While my lover looks at me, he is delighted with what he sees. Solomon has a vineyard at Baal Hamon, which he leases out to tenant farmers. Each of them pays a thousand pieces of silver for harvesting its fruit, but my vineyard is mine to give, and Solomon need not pay a thousand pieces of silver, but I will give two hundred pieces to those who care for its vines. The young man says, O oh, my darling, lingering in the gardens, your companions are fortunate to hear your voice. Let me hear it too. The young woman says, Come away, my love, be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountains of spices. Philippians chapter 1 This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church, church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice. For, that, for I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. 
For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you again and again and again for your word. It's hard to stay encouraged when you don't see results. I find this true, especially in my own life. When I'm not doing the things I think I should, I really get frustrated. I wish I was further along and at times feel like a failure when I don't measure up to my own expectations. Philippians 1 chapter 6 or Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 really encourages me. It says that God has started a good work in me. He's not completed it yet, but he started. And the good news is that he hasn't given up on me. He hasn't been frustrated with me messing up time and time again to the point where he's decided I'm not worth the effort. No, instead he's with me every step of the way. He's there helping me learn and grow when I make mistakes. He's ready to come alongside me and help me out in the areas I fall short. God hasn't given up on me yet, so I shouldn't give up on myself. I may not be perfect, but I'm learning and growing each day. So instead of being upset when I don't do or say the right thing, I'm choosing to be thankful that God hasn't given up on me and he's with me as I learn each and every day. Thanks for joining me today here on Bible in a Year with Bill. I hope to see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Take care now.